Good morning, church. Very happy to be with you again this morning. Again, it's by video and not in person. Perry talked about the uh, hard time it is to be separated, and truly each week it even gets harder, especially when we see the states around us opening up and even some churches in Michigan having worship together. But we're hopeful it will not be very long for us, and preparation is being made right now for that day. As I looked at some of the comments from last week's message uh, for, from our worship service, I see that Mary Corder Robinson, down in the Panama even, uh, got to hear us. So, hi Mary, we're glad to have you with us and worshiping with us. Again, we would remind you, if you need anything, please, please call the church and let us know, and uh, we will try to be there and uh, help you get groceries or medicine or whatever it is your need may be. Uh, let's serve each other uh, through this trying time. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this opportunity to meet together, to worship you, to glorify your great and holy name, to sing and praises unto you and to meet about your table and just to honor you. Thou art such an awesome almighty God that even in this time of um, uh, being separated, we know that we are together in heart and spirit and love and we know, Father, that you are still our Heavenly Father and you're in control of all things. So bless us. Bless our service today. May your Holy Spirit work through your word in our hearts and that we might be drawn closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to talk from a very familiar passage of Scripture uh, to most of us. It's from the third chapter of the book of Acts. Uh, the great day of Pentecost has passed, but yet we see the power of the Holy Spirit remaining among the apostles. Another thing we see as we are going to read this third chapter is how that God is supposed to receive the glory. How often do we look for opportunities to glorify God? How often do we practice glorifying our Heavenly Father? We're going to find out that in the scripture he was praised by the lame man after he received miraculous healing by God through Peter and John. And then later the scriptures tell us that God glorified his son. So as we look at this, let's consider ways that we can find to continue to glorify God. Acts the third chapter. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alm or a gift. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, <clears throat> I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. 
And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankles received strength. And he, leaping, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. As we come to the third chapter of the book of Acts, we find the young church in full swing. Its members are rejoicing, witnessing to everybody, touching many souls, and many souls are being won to Jesus Christ. We remember that Jesus has gone into heaven, <clears throat> where he sits at the Father's right hand, waiting for word to return to redeem his saints. The Holy Spirit has come upon the apostles, as we read in the second chapter of the book of Acts, and he, taking the place of Jesus in the life of the apostles, uses them to uh, witness for Jesus Christ. The membership of the church, we are told, now has grown to over 3,000 precious souls. The first thing we see in this passage is, <clears throat> besides the fact that Peter and John are going into the temple to pray, is an, an encounter. They encounter a lame man laying, uh, begging, asking for gifts. Peter and John were going to worship. They went into the temple at the hour of prayer. These two men had walked with Jesus. They were two of his apostles. They had seen him die. They had seen him rise again from the dead and that he, they knew he conquered life and death, that he was the Messiah, the son of the mighty God. Then the Holy Spirit had fallen on them and given them great power, but yet they still felt the need to go and to worship. It seems that a deeper spiritual experience that a person has, the more they have the need to worship and commune with God. The sad thing today is many people feel that they can worship God and uh, be pleasing to God without uh, this coming together in his name. What does that say about their relationship to Christ and to the church? Jesus set us the example in worship. He knew all things. He knew in advance all that would be said for and against and done in any service in his name. And we find him in the house of God on the Sabbath day. Some have said, I can be just as good of a Christian without going to church. I don't believe that I can. Is it really true? Hebrews 10, 25 says, forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some are, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. As we realize each day we are getting closer and closer to the coming of Jesus Christ in glory, we need to be faithful in our attendance, in our worship, and our service to him. The soul is described as a plant needing water and nourishment to make it grow. And he refused. His wife later told the minister the reason the man refused to teach this class is because each uh, morning he got up early and went golfing before church. 
and he did not want to give up this time uh, from his pastime, his pleasure, his golf. Finally, the minister convinced the man that it was a good thing to do, and so the man took this class of 15-year-old boys. Several weeks later, the man was walking down the aisle with the sixth boy that he had won to Jesus Christ. Later, the minister said to him, well, are you enjoying the class or would you rather be out golfing? The man with tears in his eyes said, I have never had so much joy. I don't know why I had wasted so much time and not been of better service to my Lord. When you talk to a person who has led someone to Christ, who has shown them the way of salvation and have baptized them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, you see joy in their life. You hear them saying that they know no greater joy than this privilege that God has given to them. Peter and John were teaming up. Peter, notice the differences in these two. Peter <coughs> was probably older than uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, Peter was probably older than John. Uh, John was probably uh, come from a, a, a better background, or I'm uh, sorry, a richer background than Peter did. Peter was practical. John was visionary. But we see they work together for God. We need to join together and work together as a team for Jesus Christ. Maybe we would be much more effective for Christ if we would join together with somebody else. Notice in the Gospels how that Jesus sent the apostles out two by two. Uh, he put them together. The book of Acts is filled with teamwork in missionary work and evangelism work. Maybe we need to join together. Maybe it's a husband and wife team as Aquila and Priscilla. Maybe we need to find a Christian that we really get along with and enjoy and work together. Maybe we need to mentor a younger Christian and take them with us as we do the work of the Lord and as we minister to others. So we have an encounter, but in this encounter we also have a re request the man was laying at a gate called Beautiful. It was beautiful because it was made of Corinthian brass and adorned with silver and gold plates. There were many doors in the temple, but none as large and beautiful as this one. It was like 75 or 85 feet tall, 60 or 65 feet wide. It was located in the east side of the temple so that when the sun shone on it, it shone brilliantly. And this is where many had come to worship. But nearby, this beautiful building, this beautiful door, this beautiful gate was a tragic circumstance. A lame man. Notice he had been lame from birth. He had never walked. And now he was put there every day so that he could beg for his sustenance, that he could beg for his living. Why did he pick this spot for begging? Many said that it was near the court of the women, and women would be more generous to him 
uh, than men. Uh, we also find that many times men are more generous at worship than they are in their daily attitude, I'm sorry, their daily pleasures and their daily business. The world just expects more from a Christian than they do from others. At one time it was said that about 98% of the giving to charities was done by Christians. He was hopeless. He had to beg to make a living. He was a sinner. He could not save himself. Think of how dreary his, wife, his life must have been. When he was younger, he could never go out and play with his uh, friends uh, in the many games that they might be playing in the streets. Sin, sinners are dreary also. You know, sin seems to be just beautiful and attractive at first, but then we get entrapped in it and we become slaves to it and it loses its beauty and many times it's hard for us to get out of this habit. This man reaches out for Pete, to Peter and John for help. They wanted material help, but notice Peter and John gives them so much more. Now we see the response in verse four through six. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. A group of naval chaplains were sitting in a room discussing different things. A knock came on the door and a young sailor came in and he knew one of the chaplains and so he went to him and began to pour his heart out to the man. The man was kind of what we would call a liberal modernistic man and rather than showing the uh, young man spiritual compassion and help, he says to him, well, you're trying too hard. You're going to church too much. Just go about your naval duties and afterwards just have yourself a good time and things will get better for you. The young man turned, dejected, and walked out the door. The other chaplain waited till he was outside the door, excused himself, and went out and found the young man and began to witness for, to him for Jesus Christ, showing him the peace and uh, salvation that was found in the scripture, he soon led the young man to Jesus Christ. And what a difference that made in this man's life. When people come to us with questions or problems, how do we respond to them? What answer do we give to them? Peter says, silver and gold, I don't have any of that to help you with. Peter might have had money at one time. After all, he was a very successful fisherman. He ran a profitable business. But he left all of this to follow Jesus Christ. What does Jesus say? That he would make it up to us a hundredfold. Now that's quite an investment to make, isn't it? Jesus Christ is going to bless us. Then Peter says to him, I've got something better to give to you than silver and gold. And he took him by the hand in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, arise, walk. 
and he reached down and grabbed him by the right arm and pulled him up, and the man could immediately walk and run and jump and praise God. Can you imagine this miracle? This man had never walked before in his life. He had to be carried. All of his needs had to be supplied by someone else. I remember when I went into the hospital to have my knee replaced. Uh, one day the nurse told me it was time to go to PT and I told her, I'm sorry, I'm not feeling well. And she said, well, you gotta go, that's doctor's order. So she wheeled me down to PT and as I sat there, the physical therapist came over and looked at me and said, you can't have PT today. And so the nurse had already left, so she had to call and wheel me back to my room. That night, during the night, I couldn't breathe. I sat up, I, I just could not get my breath. Something was terribly wrong. So I rang for the nurse and waited and waited, no answer. I picked up the phone because <clears throat> Sonia was staying in a McDonald's house or something provided by the hospital and I called and unfortunately the phone was out in the hallway and she didn't hear it at first or couldn't get to it in time. So I hung up <clears throat> and waited. Finally, the nurse came, and when she looked at me, they set off the alarm and gave me oxygen and rushed me down to um, be taken care of. Uh, but when I went home, I was so weak, and when I got out of bed, I could hardly make it into the bathroom, and when I needed to shave, I couldn't even stand there long enough to shave myself. And it was a long journey back, but not with this man. They lifted him up. He walked, he ran, he leaped, he praised God. We need Christ to give us strength to overcome in our lives. We, we read next that the man stood and walked and leaped and praised God. What did he do then? He followed Peter and John into the temple to worship. The people were filled with wonder and amazement when they saw what had happened to this man. The best advertisement for Christianity is a changed life. The cobbler will hold up his shoes and say, look, look what I have done. Look what I have produced. The car salesman will say, well, come, take a test drive and see this beauty. But Jesus lifts up our transformed lives and to the world he says, this is what I can do for you. And then we see the admonition in verses 12 through 16. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, "Ye men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Or why look you so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers have glorified his son Jesus whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith by which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of us all. 
the people ran, and the first thing they did was try to give praise to Peter and to John. They had admired, they said, what they had done for this man. But notice what Peter says. Wait a minute. Hey, you've got it all wrong. We didn't do this. The God of glory has done this. We are but instruments in the hands of God. Give God the glory. Give Jesus the glory. The apostles never thought of themselves as the source of power, but they thought of themselves as channels through which God could work through them. Isn't that true of us today? God wants to use us as channels to work through us to do his will. It's not us. It's not by our talents. It's not by our power, but it's by the power of God. We are but his body, his hands, his feet, to do his bidding. Peter now preaches his second recorded sermon. It's much the same as the sermon in the book of Acts. God sent his son into the world to save us. You denied him. You crucified him. But God raised him from the dead. The same risen Christ is manifested here today by healing this crippled man. Let's go back two months in the life of, or a few months in the life of Peter. There he is in the courtyard. Oh, says the maid, you're one of him. You're a Galilean. And what did Peter do? He denied ever knowing Jesus Christ. Now he can't quit preaching in his name. Notice the invitation. Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, Acts 3.19. That's the same message Peter preached on the day of Pentecost when the Jews were convicted of their sin and said, what shall we do to be saved? And what did Peter say? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. One good deed, and look at the effect that it had upon these people as they wanted to know more and more about Jesus Christ. Jesus says, just a glass of water given in my name will have its reward. God has proposed blessings through the apostles and through us to reach out to mankind in the name of Jesus Christ. We can't even imagine what God can do with this church if we all commit our life fully and completely to Jesus Christ. Again, let us review the threefold testimony concerning Jesus in Acts, the third chapter. First of all, he is a power by which all miracles are worked. He is the power. Secondly, he is a redeemer of all souls. And third, he is a fulfillment of all prophecies concerning the Messiah. And later in the book of Acts, we read that he is the only name given un under heaven whereby men must be saved. So if this is the case, what is your relationship and what is our relationship to Jesus Christ 
the son of the living God. If you're outside of Christ this morning and don't have this close relationship with him, if you're still living in your sin, you have no hope. If Jesus would come today, where would you spend eternity? We need to repent. We need to hear the message of God first and believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. We need to repent of our sins. We need to confess him before men. And we must need to go down in the watery grave of immersion for the remission of our sins and rise to walk as new creatures in Jesus Christ. Won't you call? Won't you get a hold of somebody if you're outside of Christ and let them explain the gospel to you and let this be a day of rejoicing and salvation. Thank you, let us pray. Again, Father, we're so thankful we could be together in your name. We're so thankful for your power and your authority and what you can do in our lives. So thankful, dear Heavenly Father, that you sent someone to talk to me and witness to me and Father, it was at a younger age, and uh, I just, I'm just so thankful for the prayers of um, those that love me. And I pray, Father, that I might be as good of an example for others, and that truly I might be used of God. May this church be a powerful church in your name, and praise and glorify you. In Jesus' name I ask, amen.